God is with you. Let us pray. God of the palms and the passion, your love is broken open among cheering crowds and traitors' coins, deserting friends and hands washed clean, the mockery of power and the baying mob. As we follow your way of passion, give us the faith to bring our weak and divided hearts to the foot of the cross and the door of the unguarded tomb, that they might be opened, astonished, and healed. Through Jesus Christ. Amen. On the afternoon of August 25th, 1944, Allied forces moved into the heart of Paris and overtook the Nazi Germans. Free French General Leclerc, Leclerc and the 2nd French Armored Division entered Paris with American M4 Sherman tanks, while the 9th Company, La Nueve, with its 146 Spaniards, joined them. As the Allies defeated German tanks, French civilians ran out into the streets and sang the Marseillaise. Dun, 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 Yeah, okay. Meanwhile, Hemingway burst into town on a Jeep and proceeded to liberate the bar at the Ritz, which included running up a tab of 51 dried martinis. (laughs) I don't think they're all for him, but probably a lot of them. Uh, Dietrich von Scholzitz, commander of the German garrison, surrendered at the Hotel Maurice, and the head of the offensive, General Charles de Gaulle, marched through the Arc de Triomphe, down the Champs-Élysées, across Paris, to Notre Dame and held a mass. Then de Gaulle gave a rousing speech at the Hotel de Ville. Paris was liberated and the world had changed. It is precisely that grandeur of military success and liberation that the people of Jerusalem expected and celebrated on the original Palm Sunday as Jesus made his triumphal entry. The people sang. They cleared the way and greeted Jesus with songs of God's liberation. There in the capital city of a nation occupied by the Roman army, the people wondered if this would be the moment when Israel reclaimed political control of their beloved holy city. The expectation was that the Messiah would take over Jerusalem and establish a just and verdant leadership in partnership with God. 
And here it was. Everything that they'd hoped for was coming true. People took off their outer clothes, the garments, the things that people would see the most, right? And they lay them on the ground for Jesus and his borrowed donkey and baby donkey to tread on. It is a symbol of royalty. It mirrored what was likely happening across town. Around the time that Jesus approached Jerusalem from the east, Pilate, the Roman magistrate, would have entered Jerusalem through a gate in the west or north. As Pilate arrived, there would have been trumpets and a procession of people making a parade to welcome the powerful man, the ambassador of the occupying Roman Empire. He and other royal figures rode beautiful Beautiful horses. But Jesus is riding a donkey mama with her baby. This is not a war horse, but a peaceful baby animal, not even fit for riding. I've tried riding donkeys, it is hard. Jesus is, has a symbol not of war, but of peace. I love the donkey. We, here we celebrate the donkey at the end of the year, right? We do that around Christmas time. It's one of our symbols that we kind of laugh at. But what a fitting symbol for Jesus, right? Not the war horse, the donkey. The donkey. This, as biblical scholar Ched Myers points out, is street theater. Jesus is playing with messianic expectations, and the people are eating it up. This impromptu play uses overtly political symbols, robes, songs, palms, leafy branches, Procession, all these symbols are saying Jesus is our king. Now is the time of liberation. For a second, everything goes according to plan. Jesus comes into the city like Charles de Gaulle coming to liberate Paris. Jesus goes through the temple like Charles de Gaulle going to Notre Dame. And he drives out the people who have corrupted it, people who made it a den of robbers instead of a house of prayer. This is all great. It's exactly what we expect, what we want, right? We want God to send someone powerful to make the world better. We want the people, we the people want to plunge into the idea of a political liberator. It's no wonder the primary destination in France is named after Charles de Gaulle. It's no wonder that Che Guevara t-shirts and posters still sell like hotcakes. Guess how many results you get when you Google Che Guevara t-shirt? 4.3 million. (laughs) That's crazy. People latch on to the idea of a liberator. It's nice to think that someone with good ideas will make everything better. They will change things and we'll just watch. But that is not the plunge of faith. 
in my experience, the life of faith, the way of Jesus, is less Charles de Gaulle liberating Paris and more John Lewis at the Edmund Pettus Bridge, more Malala Yousafzai shot on her bus at age 15, more Catherine Wolf. In early 2008, Catherine Wolf was living a dream. She was a beautiful young woman from Mississippi who moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career in modeling and acting. She moved out with her husband, Jay, who was starting law school at Pepperdine. Within just a few years, their dreams had come true. Catherine was a successful working model and actress. When she got pregnant and gave birth to a healthy baby boy, she even got modeling jobs with her baby son. She was 26 years old and seemed to have everything. Then, in April 2008, when her son was six months old, Catherine suffered a massive brainstem stroke. When Catherine's husband, Jay, got to the hospital, he learned that Catherine was going into a surgery that very few people survive. The majority of those who did survive spent the remainder of their lives in a vegetative state. The operation lasted much longer than they expected, but within 24 hours, Catherine showed signs of response. Over the next few weeks, she started to regain some of her cognitive skills. And after a symbolic 40 days in the ICU and 30 days in rehab, Catherine was transferred to a long-term care facility. There she was told repeatedly that she would never swallow again. She was told she would never walk. She could not speak for months on end. She had no control of the right side of her face. And amidst all of that, she suffered another aneurysm. But over time, Catherine regained her ability to swallow, to speak, and even to walk. Years later, she still suffers from facial paralysis on her right side. She has double vision, partial deafness, and has lost fine motor coordination in her hand. It's no fairy tale, but it is a miracle. In 2016, she gave birth to another son. I remember mentioning that here. Some of you guys might even remember all that. And as she recovered, Catherine and her husband, Jay, began dedicating their lives to spreading hope by sharing Catherine's story. The organization they founded is called Hope Heals. They have reached and inspired millions through their books and camps and retreats. Today, they say they are, quote, dismantling the myth that joy can only be found in a pain-free life. It is the same myth that Jesus dismantles while also dismantling the myth that the Messiah was a political liberator. Jesus was and is a liberator, but that liberation transcends space, time, regime, politics, all that stuff to the very fabric of our being. 
Over the next week, we will follow Jesus on the path of the unexpected. We will take the plunge of faith through public success, private joys, deep stress, public shame, the depths of despair, and into, into the mystery of life itself. That path doesn't look like the myth of success. Like Charles de Gaulle marching in and through Paris. But it is a reality in which hope heals. Amen. Go in peace to love and serve the Lord.